0: that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary PDW avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the north side of the San Francisco Bay to Singapore, welcome to Urban X Real Talk Fitness Radio with your host, business owner, lecturer, author. Master Trainer, Tiaja. With over 30 years of experience in the health and fitness industry, he will challenge the fitness between your ears. So prepare your mind, body, and soul for the revolution of self-care, the evolution of fit, with real talk about real people, real health, real fitness and the real deal behind our present illness culture real talk every time all the time get weekly insights on how to shift your thinking emoting eating training hydrating goal setting and resting for you the everyday athlete you can cheat your fitness but you can't steal your health flow it's tuesday 9 a.m let's flow I recently read where Congress has proposed a $100 billion cut to Medicaid funding in 2018. Nothing surprising here. This is in lockstep with the effort to redefine universal health care for millions of Americans who once again will be left without any health insurance. Now, I'm not a huge proponent of health insurance, particularly as it currently exists. In its current iteration, it is no more than disease insurance. got lots to say here, but I'll save that discussion for another episode. Nevertheless, as of October 17, 2017, AARP delivered to the United States Senate a petition signed by more than 2 million of its members urging the Senate to reject measures that would result in deep cuts to Medicare and Social Security. Quote, We urge you to vote no on this measure. Tens of millions of Americans of all ages depend on Social Security and Medicare. And the proposed senate budget would impose deep cuts to these lifeline programs end of quote the problem i have with this whole health care health insurance medicaid debate is that it presumes the worst for our future that it has reduced health to a discussion about whether you have insurance to cover those medical expenses that they deem are an inevitable aspect of so-called age-related diseases now, on the surface that might sound fair even for thinking but don't you and I get to decide our future, not them? Think about it. But what if I were to tell you that I believe that Americans have been socially engineered into accepting only two arguments around the issue of health. The first being that they need more health insurance to cover inevitable medical expenses. And second is that they need lower price drugs to counter the quote unquote ill effects of aging, that's it. Americans are literally arguing and voting for one or both platforms, seemingly without a third option. And that would be to empower themselves with the knowledge of how to take care of themselves as they age. In short, Americans need the focus and the narrative to shift from healthcare care to self-care. And believe it or not, much of this shifting of the narrative begins with something as basic as as what you and I choose to eat Welcome to X Real Talk Fitness Radio I'm your host Tiaja It's Tuesday, October 24th, 2017 And on today's episode, number 12 I'll be discussing the much ballyhooed topic of what to eat In a previous episode I mentioned that no other animal on the planet Thinks in terms of breakfast, lunch, and dinner But somehow, the human animal With the highest purported intelligence Has been conditioned to do so What was once as natural as breathing has become a dilemma for far too many. Americans stress over what to eat primarily because they've been made to doubt, if not fear, their own food choices. Most have lost their intuitive compass of self-trust and confidence in what they should or shouldn't eat. So finger pointing feels right, but does little good. Certainly the food industry is complicit, but maybe there's something even more nefarious at work. Let me share a few numbers that will help clarify my point. In 1974, the Swedish government introduced the first food pyramid. The goal was to educate the populace on the optimal number of servings to be eaten each day from each of the basic food groups. Nearly two decades later, in 1992, the United States adopted the food pyramid as well and introduced it to the American public through its Department of Agriculture, the USDA. Since then, the food pyramid has been updated twice, once in 2005 and another time in 2011. Now, mind you, something as seemingly trite as a food pyramid had never been introduced to any society in the history of the ancient or modern world prior to 1974. But since that time, there has been a constant roundtable discussion about what we should or shouldn't be eating. Of course, the average American citizen isn't allowed at the table, nor are any of our so-called representatives. These closed door meetings and decisions are made without the public knowledge, yet they are imposed and permeate every facet of our lives. One thing that should be understood, however, is that human physiology has remained unchanged for thousands, if not millions of years. So why now? In his book, Food Rules. Michael Pollan speaks candidly and insightfully about our current confusion of what to eat. Pollan writes, Most of us have come to rely on experts of one kind of another to tell us how to eat. Doctors and diet books, media accounts of the latest findings in nutritional science, government advis- advisories and food pyramids to proliferating health claims on food packages. We may not always heed these experts' advice, but their voices are in our heads every time we order from a menu or wheel down the aisle in a supermarket. Also in our heads today resides an astonishing amount of biochemistry. How odd is it that everybody now has at least a passing acquaintance with the words like antioxidant or saturated fat, omega-3 fatty acids, carbohydrates, polyphenols, folic acid, gluten, and probiotics. It's gotten to the point where we don't see foods anymore, but instead look right through them to the nutrients, good and bad, they contain, and of course, to the calories. All these invisible qualities in our food that properly understood, supposedly hold the secret to eating well, but for all the scientific and pseudoscientific food baggage we've taken on in recent years, we still don't know what we should be eating." End of quote. I'm often blown away by the sheer amount of money and resources people are willing to spend on things that work against their health versus things that enhance their health For example, I've had plenty of clients who would think nothing about dropping $10 down a day for Starbucks but wouldn't invest in nutritional supplementation because they thought they were too expensive I once had a doctor even tell me that he thought nutritional supplements were a complete waste of time and money that the only thing they were good for was to produce expensive urine. So my response to him was, well, I'd rather have expensive urine than overpriced health insurance. And frankly, nutritional supplements are cheap insurance. We need them because our diets are incomplete. In fact, oftentimes our diets are completely depleted of any of the vital nutrients we need to sustain health and well-being. America has become an overweight nation, not just because Americans eat too much, but rather because they eat too much of the wrong things. Meaning they eat foods that lack the base nutrition required for cell repair and growth. What most don't realize is that our bodies really don't need food. They simply require the nutrients from food. And those those nutrients are found in 90 essential daily ones in in order to operate, for our bodies to operate optimally. Our bodies require 60 minerals every single day, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, and 2 to 3 fatty acids, 90 essential nutrients daily. Now, if you look back at all the trillions of cells we are building, you realize that the Western diet actually causes us to raise ourselves very poorly. In fact, we are terrible parents to ourselves. We bathe them in pharmaceutical drugs, uh, man-made flavored ice creams, processed meats and acidic drinks. We selfishly eat comfort foods in the form of cookies and chips while depriving ourselves of vital proteins and clean water. We even take them for walks in small, choked cities. See, our poor cells haven't got a chance to grow up and become normal. If you must construct something, but don't have the correct materials, for example, a perfect diet, you have to use alternative materials instead. Now, common sense will tell you that this makes the final product less than ideal. Try building a footbridge over a canyon with rotten wood. Guess what? Your whole body, Builds footbridges every day. Now try building 100 trillion of them without the right materials, and not only do you build an unsteady bridge, you build the potential for a total disaster. The food pyramid introduced to the American public in 1992 shifted human physiology for the first time in recorded history. The system of checks and balances coordinated by the brain's hypothalamus was hacked. By a food paradigm that put grains at the center of the food consumption universe, as brand cereals and bagels and crackers, etc., began to line the shelves of every supermarket, particularly the coveted center aisles. Listen carefully to the psychology behind controlling your food shopping experience. Pay close attention to the perfectly created human maze, for there is a science behind a store's floor plan and how consumers shop. See, focus groups and sales data and general psychology of help managers understand shopping habits which have led to the formulation of effective floor plans and shelf layouts. Grocery retailers and wholesalers nationwide use the same basic layout principles to create a general flow to their stores that keep consumers efficiently moving through the aisles and spending money. Most groceries stores welcome shoppers with a full sensory experience upon entering the store. The entryway is designed to be inviting so it reinforces a positive customer-retail response. So most managers place their sensory departments, the bakeries, the produce, the floor shops, right at the front of the store. These departments are known to activate the shopper's salivary glands through sight, smell, and taste, which entice them to spend money on things that weren't necessarily on their list. And these departments operate on high margins and depend on effectively drawing customers by stimulating their senses. Grocery managers also know that if they want to maximize your time in the store by having you travel down as many aisles as possible. So crafting an efficient floor plan with an expertly stocked perimeter keeps shoppers moving through the entire store and pausing at strategic stops along the way, including end caps in-cap placement usually comes with an additional fee to the manufacturer however it's been scientifically proven that these manufacturers often see a high return on their investment as their placements encourage the perception of value and prestige in products many grocery stores will also locate the one-stop service centers at various locations along the perimeter of the store including the delis and banks coffee shops and the pharmaceutical centers The convenience of these locations keeps shoppers coming back for the services and of course for the groceries the center aisles are the heart of any grocery store and are where most of the general goods are located the center aisles help weave shoppers deeper into the store and are strategically stocked to get the shopper to buy costly name brand goods shopper psychology doesn't only lie in the layout of the store but by but in the way the shelves are stocked, that also has a tremendous impact on the shopper's buying habits. For instance, there's the bottom shelf where store brands and generic brands are usually stocked. And then there's the top shelf where local and gourmet brands are stocked. But the middle shelf, which is called the bullseye zone, aligns itself with the shopper's line of sight and there you will find most of the leading brands and the bestsellers. And of course, there's the kid's shelf placed in line of the side of children. This is how you begin the process of hacking into the human brain. You soft hack its operating system by introducing the brain to a complete sensory experience that runs counterintuitive to its own intrinsic master program. The hormone leptin, for example, that is linked to the satiety center of the brain to make you feel full and satisfied has all but been destroyed by the Western diet. Conversely, the hormone ghrelin that makes you want to eat and gorge has been overstimulated. Now, this yin and yang battle to control the brain's biochemistry of hunger and satiety has been compromised by our food choices. When our systems are operating perfectly, the offense and defense complement each other, meaning you eat the foods you need and you stop when you've had enough. Again, the problem isn't so much how much we're eating as it is about what we're eating. Face it, many of the foods we eat encourage malnutrition at the cellular level so you end up eating more in order to compensate for the perceived deficiencies until it becomes a vicious cycle where our bodies demand more and more calories because the ones we're eating are practically empty and void of nutrients. I've literally advised clients to eat a cheeseburger because they were so obviously deficient in fats and proteins. And not only did they immediately feel better after eating the burger, but by their own admission, they also looked a whole lot better. But only then did they begin to understand that their bodies create cravings, even for simplistic sugars and starches if starvation reflexes and other deficiencies are perceived. Clients on calorie restrictions would always ask me why they were craving things they normally wouldn't crave, like candy or ice cream, and I would often tell them it's likely that you haven't introduced a complex carbohydrate to your body in a while. I was always right, they hadn't. Their minds had been hacked. By a food pyramid that for the first time in human history Had successfully shifted human thought to grains Over other staples like proteins and fats Next week I'll dive more into this topic And discuss more specifically some of the food eating trends lurking Disguised as pseudoscience Including vegan, pescatarian, paleo, keto and other diet philosophies For instance, is is a vegan diet healthier than for example a paleo diet? Or is veganism a higher consciousness and ev- evolutionary path for human beings, like some think? Interesting questions for sure, still, we just don't know. The long term epidemiological studies on populations just aren't there for us to provide conclusive data for one over the other, or is there? Dear friends, I wish above all things that you be in health and that you prosper just as your soul prospers. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast available on all your favorite music apps. And while you're at it, I encourage you to take a sensory tour of our web page at www.urbanxfitness.net. There you will find the nutrition products we endorse as well as our own unique sportswear available at our online stores, the Urban Urban Experience Fit Store 1 and 2 where you can wear what you believe. And of course, don't forget to check out our articles and blog posts that will surely challenge the fitness between your ears. And while you're at it, pass the love forward by liking us on Facebook at UrbanX Real Talk Fitness Radio. This is Tiaja, and as always, walk in health and peace.